0: You know, as we gather together during the Christmas time, it's been able to, over these last four weeks, to be able to think about unwrapping Christmas, and we talked about the very idea of unwrapping the hope that we find in Christ, and then we talked about the understanding as we unwrap peace that's in Christ and Christ alone, and then we talk about the understanding of of the joy that's in Him, and as we saw that last week in lots of ways, and the joy to recognize who Christ is. Well, there today people around us who ask the question, does God really love me? Am I really loved by God? Is, is he who he says he is? Do we quote that verse from John three sixteen: for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Does God really love us? Well, today we are unwrapping this last uh, part of the package, which is the understanding of God's uh, gift to us and what that gift is. And today that gift, of course, is unwrapping the gift of love. And the love that he talks about is the love that's so important for us to understand because it changes everything for us. It changes how we relate to people. It changes how we relate to God. It changes everything about our existence as we unwrap this gift of love that's for us. There are people, as I said, who struggle with this gift because they're not sure that God loves them. They're not sure that God loves anyone. They've gone through difficulty and distress and all the struggles that go into life. And so they continue to ask the question, does God love me? Where is God? What's God doing in the world in which we live with all the bad things that happen? Where's God's love in the middle of that? As believers, as Christians, as followers of Christ, as those who believe God's word, our worldview is from the Bible. And what we believe from the Bible to be truth is the understanding that God teaches us that he really does love us. He loves us so much that he indeed sent Christ so that we might have life. And so as we unwrap this gift of love at this time of Christmas, it's a time where we focus on a God who decided that he loved us so much that he gave Christ and he gave us that gift, his love toward us. Well, if you have your Bible with you today, if, or if you need a Bible in the pew in front of you, there's one, or your iPhone, or your iPad, whatever you might have. We're going to read from, second, from Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2, the second chapter of Luke, starting in verse 15. It's not on your listening guide. There's some other verses that we're mentioning there. But Luke chapter 2, verse 15, picks up the story of the angels speaking to the shepherds. And as we get to verse 15, the angels then have left the shepherds, they have gone away, they have gone back, and, and the shepherds began to look at each other as anybody would, right? Like, what in the world was that? What happened in that moment of time, right? They were asking that question. Well, if you have your Bible with you, we're going to look at these verses, verse 15 through verse 17, and we're going to just talk for a moment about what it really says about this gift of love that God has for you. It tells us in verse 15 of chapter two of Luke, when the angels went away from them into heaven from the shepherds, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. Now, now when we read that verse, when we recognize that, we begin to recognize that all of a sudden, and the shepherds decided that they were going to find out the truth, if this what the angels had said was really true or not. And that's a very common thing, right? When you say something to someone, it's like, how do we know that's the truth? Well, in the 21st century, it's like, okay, Google, tell us that. Or Siri, what does Siri say to us, you know, about about the truth of this matter? And so we're always always looking to be able to find the answer. We're looking for truth about something. And so these guys were no different than us. They had heard the angels say to them, you're going to find this baby that's going to be the savior of the world. And they looked at each other and say, let's go find out if this is true. Let's go check out to see if there's truth in what has been said. And I believe that that's what many people are looking at the church today for. They're looking at believers who call themselves Christians, and they're looking at us to say, is there truth in what they say? Is there truth in how they live out this love that they talk about? Is there truth in how they demonstrate who Christ is in their lives? And whether we like that or not, that's the world around us, and they're looking for believers. They're looking for authentic Christians to say, this love that I talk about, this love about Christ, here's how it is demonstrated in my life. And people all around us are looking for that truth. They're looking for them to care for for them. They're looking for help in a lot of different areas. They don't need judgment. They don't need us talking about them. They don't need us saying things that would be disgrading to them. They need us to show them Christ's love and let God's word bring the conviction. Let God's word do its part inside that. There are people around us who are searching for that kind of love. During this Christmas season, there are those people who are hurting around us. Those who are walking through depression. Those who are walking through the loss of loved one. Those who are walking through a a parent who might be very ill or a a husband and wife are going through great financial or marriage difficulties. All those things that happen. Though we celebrate Christmas and we're excited about all God is doing, we recognize that his love becomes something that people need so very, very much. So, in this passage, I want to bring about a couple of things. I first of all want to talk about how Christmas declares the reality of Jesus' love. How Christmas declares the reality of Jesus' love. Now, when we again recognize the reality of Jesus' love, he tells us if you have this passage of scripture, And they went with haste, and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. The first thing he tells us inside that is they were going somewhere, right? They went out. They decided that they needed to go see what was going on, and they went to find Christ. They went to find this thing that the Lord had made known to them. That's what he tells them in verse 15. He said, the Lord has made known this to you, and so they went out to find this love. There are people all over the place that are going out to find love, right? They're going out to seek love. In lots of places, and they're looking for a love in their life. Then, here, these men, these shepherds, were able to see, they went and they found Mary and Joseph. Now, when we go looking for something, most often we find some form of what we're looking for. And they went and they saw and they realized the reality of Christ's love was in in this baby now that had to be very difficult for them as it might be for us because the the truth of the incarnation the truth of the fact that god became man and lived among us is sometimes difficult for us and that word is a big word the word incarnation which means that christ became god the bible teaches us that he emptied himself of all the things of god he emptied himself of everything that was of the godhead and he came in order to live life like us in order to be tempted in all ways that we are, but to be able to walk through that, to resist that, and come to that place where he became the sacrifice for our sin. And this ultimate beginning that st- happened when the shepherds went to see this baby lying in the manger, they must have thought, what is this like? What, what is this going to be now? They came to this time, this shepherding time, they, they came to the manger with some understanding of prophecy, Uh, Because most of the people in the culture would have understood some understanding of prophecy. And and probably the most important thing we recognize is the the Spirit of God had been upon them. And when the Spirit of God comes upon our lives, we begin to see clearly what God is doing. The realities of God changes when the Spirit of God comes into our lives. Now let me say that again. The realities of God changes when the Spirit of God begins to come into our life and change us. When the Spirit of God helps us to see the reality of his love, the Spirit of God helped these shepherds see that this indeed was the Messiah, Christ. The one who was going to save the world from their sins. Why? Because of his love. Because of who he is in his love. And they began to recognize that. They saw that. They saw that happen. He tells us that. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in the manger. And they saw it. They recognized it. And when they saw it, there had to be a response. They had to respond. And it says they did that. And when they saw it, they may known the sayings. When our lives are transformed with Christ, there must be a response from us. There must be a change of transformation that happens because of Christ. And once we are transformed, celebration begins to occur. That's why even the most difficult circumstances in our lives, when we have those circumstances in our lives, celebration in Christ still occurs. Why? Because we have the gift, as we have talked about, the gift of peace or the gift of hope or the gift of joy or the gift of love. And when those gifts are in our lives, then it allows us to understand that when we see Christ and when we find him, it changes. Even in the midst of very difficult circumstances, His love wins out. Not that everyone will spend eternity with God. Unfortunately, that's not what his love means. Because just as these men here must respond, so much we. We must respond to the love of Christ. It's not this understanding of, oh, love wins, and everyone who is created is going to be able to spend eternity with God. That's not what the Bible teaches. The Bible teaches that Christ's love for us has won through his death on the cross and the resurrection from the dead. And as we understand that, as we trust in that, the Bible says for those who confess with our mouth and believe in their heart that Christ has been raised from the dead, you will be saved. That's the only place that we find salvation. Well, the reality of this love became set in for these shepherds. And the reality of his love, I hope, sets in for us. But I think there's some things that stop us. I think there's some reasons that we deal with that stop us from truly accepting this love of Christ in our lives. I want to mention three of those this morning. The first one being that of feeling. An unfulfilled life. Of fulfillment that comes up in us. Whatever that word might be. I called it fulfilling. There, there are many of us in this room and many of us around us who have not had people in their lives, human beings, touching them and filling them with love. Matter of fact, as some writers have written about families, that one of the most difficult things for families is the understanding that there are children who go through life who never have their love tank filled. They're struggling because no one in the human sense has come along beside them and cared for them and loved them and nurtured them. Just like a baby needs to be nurtured and grow, children need that love. And we all need that, right? We all need that. So if we don't have that, we bring with us this rejection of God. We think, how can God love us when I haven't seen love from a human being, whether it might be a parent or a friend or a spouse? And so we struggle with that unfulfillment in our lives because we're looking for it in the flesh. We're looking for it in the human touch. Yet love, according to God's word, is very important. Now, the Bible teaches us that love is defined in three ways in the Bible. One of the ways that love is defined is in a passionate kind of way, that you have a, a passion from someone, might be even of the opposite sex, that kind of passion. Another word in the Bible is a phileo kind of love, it's a friendship kind of love. It's a, I love my friends, I, I care for them, they're friends, they're neighbors, I love them. And then the word that's most often used that relates to God, and as it relates to God to us, is the word agape, or it means an unconditional kind of love. When this verse, John three sixteen, where we read that God so loved the world, that's the word that's used there. It's a, it's a word that means unconditional. Now, what does unconditional mean to us? It means that no matter what we do, no matter the actions that are in our lives, no matter what our past might look like, God's love is willing to and has been purposed to overcome that, to be greater than that. Now, you know, when someone gives you a gift, it's often hard for us not to want to reciprocate by saying, oh, yeah, man, I need to give you a gift too, right? It's Christmas time, and, and somebody brings you a gift, and you think, oh, I don't have anything to give you. Now, I wasn't wouldn't, I wouldn't anticipating you giving me a gift, because if you give me something, I'm, I'm supposed to give something back. That just seems to be the way we function, right? Well, according to God's word, that agape love that he's talking about is an unconditional, nothing returned kind of love. Now, ultimately, it calls on us to give our lives. Ultimately, it calls on us to be able to say, I'm surrendering my heart and my life to that kind of love. But this fulfillment that we're talking about, this fulfillment of being able to say, how does God fill us with his love? How does God overcome us with his love? is really what Christmas is about. It's the understanding that he loves you so much that he sent his son Jesus. And it wasn't, it wasn't a byproduct. It wasn't a second thought. It was like, oh no, they've sinned. What do I do? Like, hey, Jesus, we need somebody to go down to earth you know, to do this. And, and Jesus comes along and raises his hand and said, yeah, I'll do that. That's not, that's not what the Bible teaches at all. From the very beginning of time, God had purposed that relationship with us. You might remember in the, in the very beginning of the Old Testament, when Adam and Eve were there, when Adam and Eve sinned against God, they were naked in the garden. And then they, that God was looking for them because he wanted to fellowship with them. He said, where are you? And they said, we hid. And he said, why did you hide from me? And then he made them clothes, clothes that gave them a covering. And that's what this love is. From the very beginning, God's love was designed in order to cover you in order to make you righteous, not because of what you do, but because of what he has done in providing his love covering for you. Later on in those first early chapters of the Bible, we understand that Satan caused the fall to happen and was a part of that. And in that prophecy, God tells Satan, there will be a seed that will bruise your head. Now inside that, we understand that that's Jesus. From the very beginning, God did not have a second plan. His plan was not that he's coming up with something in order to provide you with salvation. That is his plan. That's what he purposed and proposed from the very beginning that in order for us to have relationship with his love and bring us into his love, he would do that through the power of Christ being born in a manger, dying on a cross, raising from the dead so that you can have life. So fulfillment is what we need. The second word I want to use today is forgiveness. Forgiveness. Because just in the same way as we struggle with so many things, there's that same part of us that we struggle with. How could God, for love, love me so I am such a bad person? How could God love me when I've done all these things in my history? Or, how could God love me when, when I can't forgive someone for this thing they've done for me? Or how can God love me when this person won't forgive me? And forgiveness becomes a huge problem, because it gets away, it gets in the way of God's love to us. Because somewhere in the middle of that, it's the same thing, right? If God has given us this gift of love, then we've got to give something back. We've got to be perfect. We've got to be right with him all the time. Yet the Bible says that that's just not the case. That's just not who we are. We're not righteous. There's nothing in us that's righteous. There's nothing in us that is good except God himself through Christ. He is the only good thing in our lives. So we struggle with this. We struggle with forgiveness. We struggle with our past. We struggle with things that we have done and we think, how could God ever forgive me for that? In this verse right here, in this Luke passage tells us that understanding that he has been born. He has been right there. He is right there. They found the baby lying in the manger. The Christ child who is going to go to the cross so that your sin can be forgiven. So that your past past can be wiped clean. So that God says in his word that all the things that we have done, he looks at them from the east to the west and doesn't remember them anymore. We're the ones that struggle. We're the ones that remember. We're the ones who can't get away from it. We're the ones who struggle with letting things go and unforgiveness. Yet, the Bible would teach us that God's love, his unconditional love, his love that we find is a kind of love that forgives you. No matter what you've done no matter how bad you think your past may be, no matter how hard it is for you to get through life and those moments when we fail Christ and we come about life and we sin in the most very moments when we think, I've done it again. I think the greatest thing about God's love or one of the greatest things about God's love, that it's a God's love that gives us not just a second chance, but chance after chance after chance because he cleanses cleanses us and is faithful to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And I don't know about you, but I need that every day. I need to be able to get up every day and cry out to the Lord, thank you, Lord, for your love today. Thank you for your forgiveness today. So if we're looking at this fulfillment that we need in our life, and we're looking for this forgiveness that love brings about, the last word that I'll use today is the word future. Because see, God has a future for you. God has a future and that his design for you, the Bible would say from the very beginning, he designed for you to have a future. He had a plan for your life. Now, I believe that plan is for you to come to him as personal Lord and Savior to begin with, right? If we're going to start anywhere, it's going to start by saying, Lord, I surrender myself to you. I surrender my life to you. I surrender my heart to your love, that your love captures me. Your love is overwhelming to me. In Romans chapter 5, verse 8, he says, but God demonstrated his love toward us that while we were yet sinners, did he know we were sinners? Absolutely. But while we were yet sinners, he died for us. See, God designed the future. He designed the future of your life because he loves you so much. Sometimes we get so caught up in not knowing what our future is. We get so caught up in trying to determine our own future. We get so caught up in trying to do things that make our own way that we miss God's word when he tells us that he has a future for us. And our our desire then is to bring ourselves to this place. Two things, going back to Luke chapter 2. First of all, he says, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. Oh, there's so many things you could underline, but that being such an important part of that. What the Lord has made known to us. The Lord has made known to you today his love. The Lord has made known to you today that he came as an infant, that he died on a cross. How do we know his word teaches us that on that death on the cross with his arm spread wide. A great illustration of that is when that thief on the cross who was beside him said, Lord, remember me, remember me today that thief on the cross would never be off that cross he was going to die right there he would never be able to do good works he would never be able to do enough for god he would never be able to have his past somehow uh, forgiven from someone else he couldn't do any of that all he could do was cry out to jesus jesus remember me and jesus looked over at him and said today brother today you will be with me he made known god how has God made himself known to you? And how have you responded to his love? The last thing we see today is that idea that comes out of this passage. That when the shepherds went out, it says at the end of verse 17, and when they saw it and made known the saying, they, and they went out and told everyone concerning this child. They went out to talk about what had happened. This understanding of who Christ is and his love had made the difference in their life. John three sixteen, For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life. For God so loved an unconditional love, an unconditional love that began at Christmas, an unconditional love that began with Christ in a manger, an unconditional love that never stopped. It didn't stop when he was crucified. It didn't stop when he rose again. It didn't stop when he sent the Holy Spirit to comfort us It continues, and it's there for you. The Bible would tell us, and as we know, man, there's no place that it can't go. There's no person too hard. There's no wall that it can't go over. There's no lie that it can't overcome. There's nothing that God's love can't get through to you. Our response then is to be willing to trust his love, to be willing to say, God, here am I. Take me as I am. My sins, my hurts, my struggles, all the things about me, and I give my life on this Christmas weekend to a God who loves me.